Everybody, welcome to the Gold Diggers Podcast. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera. Michelle Majuk is here. What's up, Michelle? Hey, hey. I know you're very excited because we have a very special guest today. As you can see, if you're watching on the YouTube page from Up and Adams, Kay Adams is here. What's up, Kay? Hi, Stats Michelle. Nice to meet you. Uh, congratulations on the new podcast. And so, uh, lots to talk about. Yes, Michelle has been texting me since 5:30 in the morning about what should we ask Kay? When do I need to be ready to go? She's dressed up extra nice today. She rearranged I'm the whole studio for you. <laughs> Wait, I Listen. like this Niner sweatshirt. Can I see this? I like this. It's wow. from Homage. I was saying there it's sold out, but I wish, so I a lot it. of women that listen to our podcast are like, where do we get this? I'm like, they need to get more in. It's so, the comfiest sweatshirt of all time. So can you give me, what is it called again? I'm, I'm buying it right now. What is it? <laughs> It's homage, but it's called, or it's spelled H-O-M-A-G-E. Okay, yeah. got it. Steph, I'll get you one too. Don't be, don't, don't worry about it. I got you. Yeah. Love that. Love homage. Um, we got 49er stuff to talk about. We have yeah. other cool stuff. You were at the Oscars, Kay, which is freaking awesome. Weird. I have a thousand <laughs> questions about that, but let's start with the 49ers since we are okay. a 49ers show. Uh, just in general, the quarterback conversation has dominated everything. What do you think they should do a quarterback? What do I think they should do? I think they should, you know, listen, <laughs> do you want me to be honest? The Jets oh. and the Packers are in this insane standoff that I'm not kidding. It's not going away. And it's not, it's going to linger from what I know. It's going to linger for a minute because everybody's got a little leverage and it's a bit of a standstill. If you're the Niners, I mean, now you can't do it because he added Hargrave, but if I like, I'm annoyed that they didn't go for it because it would be I mean, this window, whatever, even with the quarterback drama that they had and the mishaps and the adversity, like this is the window to win a championship. If you don't do it this year and you don't make the right decision, you're out. So in my head, like I, the whole time, the whole time I was like, Niners get in there and get Aaron. He wants to come there. He'll play nice. It's a loaded team. Like he wants, it's where he wants to be. And I was really surprised that I didn't hear more about them wanting Aaron Rodgers. Uh, were you surprised at that? Or did you not want him at all? I can't stand him, but yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he's, anybody. <laughs> he's clearly good. And they tried to get him before they traded for Trey Lance. They tried to get him after they traded up to three and it didn't work out. So clearly yeah. I, I think they were thinking what you were thinking. Um, but yeah, it doesn't look like that's where they're going now. They like the, the cheap quarterback room. So, I mean, I know that you are, there's a lot of the, 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 you know, I always look at the context clues of what's going on and what's not being said and how people are reacting to it. And uh, the Darnold pickup and all these other things, it's really signaling, right? That Purdy is the guy. I don't know what that means in the indictment and the spotlight that it is on Trey Lance, but Purdy would be the decision, right? And that, I know that you're high on Purdy stats. Well, I'm kind of team Trey. I mean, Michelle, what do you, I don't know what you think, but I, I would like to see Trey get a chance. Give them a chance. They bought this new car and they haven't taken it out of the garage yet. It happens a lot in the NFL, Michelle. We're both team Tra Trey Lance. Really? I thought yeah, you were, we I, are. I thought you were team Purdy. Okay, tell me this. Sell, give me the sell so I can do it. I can on my show be out, be in the right world here. I am a little bit nervous about the elbow injury. I think if he comes back, especially if he's rushed, like he already doesn't have a super high ceiling. He's fine with Kyle Shanahan and in his system, doesn't have a super high ceiling, doesn't have a super strong arm. You just take away a little bit of that arm. And especially in the first year when he's back from the elbow injury, 
I do think you take away a little bit of that floor and he doesn't have a super high ceiling. So tr- try out Trey Lance, give him at least a half a season. He has no playing experience. Like see if it'll work out. You have such a weak conference. It's not like you're in trouble of not making the playoffs. Like just, I, I think he has such higher potential that you need to go with Trey and like Sam Darnold, get out of here. If I have to watch him to play one game, I'm not watching it. I'm not watching it. I am the biggest Sam Darnold hater of life. Maybe They're bringing him in for a reason, right? They're bringing him in. There's a the huge health concern. You guys have had that for years, Jimmy Garoppolo. And it's not a concern that's not warranted because you've seen the amount of games missed and time missed. Now, I like to, you know, you guys are in it so much more than I am. What I see is and what I hear are so many people love Brock Purdy on that team. So when I, when I see George Kittle, when I, you know, see a Christian McCaffrey and catch up with them, I'm not, I'm simply, it's not that I'm hearing bad things about Trey Lance. It's simply that I'm not hearing the same caliber of buy-in from a team. And I think if anything in the past couple of years has shown us, you can talk about, you know, the floor and the potential, and you can talk about what, you know, the X's and O's of it all, but that really matters. And we sort of like forget about the, importance of the intangibility of a player and what they can do. And, you know, Shanahan, I don't know if he's the best kind of leader to lead teams to stuff. I don't know. I can know he incentivizes guys in different ways, but if you had, that's what it puts it even more so on the quarterback. And you saw that with Jimmy. Let me just say this about the locker room. <laughs> they liked Jimmy Garoppolo because he won games. They like Brock Purdy because he won games. If Trey gets in there and wins, the locker room will be behind him too. They're very fickle in the 49ers locker room. I'll just say that. Stats, give me the give me the uh, Lance over Brock one line sentence of why. If you were in front of like Lynch and Shanahan right now. Because Trey's ceiling is higher than Brock. Yeah. Brock is, it's going to be kind of like the same thing with Jimmy, right? Like if, if Kyle dials up the right play at the right time, most of the time, Jimmy was okay to hit it, but if things don't go as planned, he, there was nothing there. He couldn't do anything about it where I feel like hopefully, and we don't know this, but hopefully Trey would be able to extend the play, move out of the pocket and make a play when nothing was there. But what I will say, sorry, I just cut you off there. I think you and I would both be on the Brock Purdy train if he didn't have the elbow injury. Like if that didn't happen, I think that brings him down just a notch where Trey should get the chance. Do you agree there, Kay? I think that I trust uh, like that those those decisions aren't mine. If if, they, if he has an elbow injury is coming off of and they, they're willing to roll him out there, they know so much more than we do. And like, I never speculate on that. Um, it's just the, the, the message there is he's good to go. What if they don't want upside? Like in a world of do we swing for an Anthony Richardson when we can have a Bryce Young in a watered, even more watered down, no Aaron Rodgers, no Tom Brady NFC. Don't we need the guy that like we know can just do this? Do we need the, you know, the roller coaster potentially? Do we need the amount of parity? I'm not saying he's got a floor, uh, maybe like Anthony Richardson might, as a weird comparison maybe to make, but maybe they just feel more confident in Brock Purdy. And let's not pretend, and granted, they've got to, you know, maybe do some things on offense and maybe rework that McCaffrey deal and like maybe add a tight end and certainly, you know, address the offensive line a little bit. Whatever. I don't know if Trent, Trent's going to stay around. I don't know how long he's staying around. So there's a lot of things to be done there, but maybe they just need someone to man the ship. And, it, and, you know, and I've, I'm done figuring out how Shanahan works. I just know that his legacy is being affected by every loss. And so he needs those wins. And so when you're saying they like him because he wins, like, yeah, that's a pretty good reason to like somebody's stats. Were you going to say something, Michelle? 
I want to know your true opinions, Kay, on uh, Kyle Shanahan. I'm known on this podcast <laughs> to be a little bit of a hater. I think he's a really good offensive play caller. I think he's inconsistent and some decisions he makes. I feel like he holds grudges. I don't <laughs> yeah, he know. Does. He's just way too inconsistent for me personally. Yes, I think he's good overall. He's okay. What are your thoughts? I, You know, uh, is he my favorite coach to interview? No. Is he pretty... Uh, Mm, yeah. does he does he carry himself in a way that he has multiple super champion like super bowl rings sure and that's <laughs> that certainly rubs some people i think mm-hmm. in the media a little bit wrong but i always default to what i know and what i know is fact is that the guys love him and, guy, and not every guy maybe but guys love playing for him i sat next to nate burleson for six for five years on the set of good morning football and he could not speak more highly about shanahan and the buy-in and to, to, if you think that that doesn't matter you, you know like patrick mahomes can do great things but it's buy-in it's it's what you know it's, you know, Andy Reid had a lot of things people couldn't believe either and didn't like his decision making. And you can say that about Andy and you can say that he, he doesn't know what to do with a timeout. And you, you can say all of that. <laughs> but it's true. Like that was what haunted him until now. Yep. All of a sudden he's going to be potentially one of the best coaches. I mean, he is one of the best coaches in all of NFL history. So uh, I try not to, I guess, judge on that. But it's the way that these guys em- embrace and buy into their coach. And a coach isn't. You know, and granted, Kyle Shanahan puts it on himself because he's a play caller and the mastermind, but it's so much more than that. And I think, you know, whatever it is, it's not Mike McDaniels, but it's that same, like, I'm cool. My kid's name is Carter. I named him after little Wayne. Like, <laughs> for whatever reason, it seems to work for him with these guys in that locker room. What do you think about Why that, why does he always start so slow? I feel like the 49ers always start yeah. so slow in the season. They always have a bad record. And then yeah. also the championship game this year really rubbed me the wrong way. I know he was put in an impossible situation, <laughs> right? Like all of his quarterbacks went down. You were stuck with Josh Johnson and then he even got hurt. Like I get you had nothing, but then you decide to put in Brock Purdy who can't throw, he can't run, he can't do anything. So you're basically playing 11 players versus 10 players. You completely gave up. You didn't throw at all. But if you're not planning to throw at all, then at least put 11th player on the field that can do something. So you're playing 11 v 11. Michelle. He gave up. He gave up. I was, I got so hurt by that. He gave Get up. Have you ever heard of, of I mean, you got to let it go. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I can't let I it go. I'm, try, I'm trying to remember the beats of that game and the Josh Johnson of it all. And it is, um, you know, I'm not trying to, to play a therapist here, but you need to let it go. Eh? <laughs> and two, the Shanahan thing could be as simple. I think I've told stats. It's, it's like a trauma. He's gone through trauma and I don't, I, you know, I don't know if he deals with that. I don't know if he visits with the, with somebody that can talk to him about that or like at least work through it, maybe with somebody or on his own, but 28 to three, all these close things, like the world is like, he, he starts slow. I think because of that, it's infuriating. I'm with you on that. I don't quite get it other than that, other than the fact that he's, to, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't want it to get out of hand. He doesn't want to eat it. I don't even know. Like it's putting too many points up on the board, giving you, you know, 50 shades of 28 to three. And so you don't want to get there. Like you don't want to revisit it. Like literally, what if he doesn't want to revisit a huge lead because that we don't know, but I do know Michelle that you might be right. But if anything, it shows you the insane amount of trust he has in Brock Purdy to put him in there knowing he can't throw. That's why he's their guy. Because even in that situation, he was their guy. And it never felt like he felt that way about Jimmy ever. 
Oh, he definitely didn't. I mean, yeah. he would go out of his way. Look at the NFC Championship game in 2019. Jimmy threw, he threw eight passes. That's the only time they've ever gotten to a Super Bowl is when they've had to literally take their quarterback yeah. out of the offensive game plan. That's why I want Trey over Brock, or at least to see. But you because, don't know. You're picking mystery door number three over, yes. like, why? Because why? I think I know what Brock Purdy is. I think Brock Purdy is... Jimmy Garoppolo 2.0, little better than Jimmy. Uh, and little I, better than Jimmy wins you the Super Bowl, especially with this this D line right now. Are you kidding? Maybe a little better than Jimmy Garoppolo gets you the Super Bowl. I it's think that's fun. what Kyle thinks. I don't think that's the wrong line, line of thinking. Whereas, why, what, like, do the do the safer thing, or at least you know there's going to be a quarterback change. Like, week, what are we over under in week four on the Niners? Like, death taxes. Yeah. There's four quarterback changes, and they lose in the NFC Championship game. What I mean, what, what's Rob? What is going to change that this year? Are you liking what they're doing in free agency? They've got to address something. They've got, what do they have? Like eleven picks in the draft to do that. They have 11 picks in the draft. Unfortunately, they don't pick until like a hundred or one hundred one or ninety nine, something in that range. Um, I just, now's the time to be greedy. The whole NFC, other than the Eagles and maybe the Cowboys, but we've kicked their ass for two straight years. So I'm less worried about that. You play the Eagles this year, don't you? Uh, yes, Hopefully they do play the one. Eagles this year. Yes. In Philly, Ooh, I believe. That's a good week one game that has to be. Oh, it's in Philly too. If the Eagles won the Super Bowl, I think that would have been the week one. That would have been the Thursday night opener would have been Niners Eagles. And I would have been hating it because I don't want to have to open the season against the Eagles. But those are the only two teams in the NFC that are scary. So the Niners. Well, you took, should... well, you took a competitor from th that one of those teams who yep. I'm not going to say he's got the same skill set as DeForest Buckner, but certainly the same potential for production and disruption as DeForest Buckner. Every, you know, everyone's uh, sort of brazing over the Cleveland Farrell thing. And I know it's like low hanging fruit pinata joke in the NFL, but I, I'm always rooting for a rewrite. And there's so much talent on that defense that you can't tell me that that might lift what he can do and that he doesn't have something to prove that all matters. Like the humanity part of it matters being in different situations matters. And we've seen guys go there that have been, you know, not that have uh, underperformed. And then all of a sudden they do for whatever reason and credit to that coaching staff. Right. That's Chris Kassarek, baby. Yeah. He's, he's cool. He doesn't get enough love. Apparently he's a psycho and really? he's like spitting, you know, he's got like a, a spit cup. Cause he's always has a packed lip and he's chewing the tobacco and like yelling yeah. at guys, but they all love him. So whatever. Yeah. The more I think about it, the more that woman from Ted Lasso, who's wonderful, and she's a sports psychologist, I believe, and she talks to Ted. <laughs> she talks oh, to, yeah. to Jason. Like, go, like, just see, like, why do we start these games slow? What do you think? You know, like, that's, are there any other, any other ideas of why he does that? Does he get asked about it? No. By the 49ers press corps, please. They're scared he might look at him sideways. No. Yeah. You think they really... <laughs> They're a bunch of, it's a pillowy soft. I think if it's time to be greedy, they should have gotten Aaron Rodgers. And that's what I think. And you can't tell me differently. And we wouldn't be having this conversation because it would be the overwhelming Super Bowl favorite. And it would be the easiest thing to call that they would win the Super Bowl if they went and got that. And they could have moved the numbers around and make it, made it work. And instead they added to their D line, which might work out. And that's very Shanahan to do that. And it's very weird to play this roulette thing with quarterbacks, but he clearly values the position a lot differently than we do. This is the time like the Niners need to get to the Super Bowl right now in this window when the NFC is so weak. I mean, you have so many quarterbacks 
starting you're expecting to start in the NFC that should not be starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Like this is a time it's so weak. You have Jalen hurts as your competition and really who else, maybe Dak, but the Cowboys seem to always, you know, disappoint. This is a time to at least get to the Super Bowl and hopefully win one, but so I mean, is the right rest now. on the competition for you the way it's shaking out? Stafford, I talked to uh, Calvin Johnson yesterday. He's like, Stafford, yeah, he's excited to be back. I'm like, is he? I don't know. <laughs> Gino, I loved that, but who knows? They're like, I don't know, you know, Pete Carroll seems more reinvigorated than ever. And then the Kyler stuff, like the division, there's there's usually, there was, there was so much spice to this like a year ago. Now there's yeah. really not. That's fair. I mean, and Seattle lost to San Francisco three times last year. The Rams can't beat the Niners. I know they beat them in the NFC championship game, but other than that, the Niners seem to have their number and they're certainly a lot weaker than they have been under Sean McVay. They're kind of revamping things in Arizona. You said it new coach won't have a quarterback for a huge chunk of this year. That's they why you might trade D hop out of there. As far, you know, he might, yeah. I think. And good. Cause he kills the 49ers. Yeah. Um, but that's why if there were ever a year where you could survive kind of the ups and downs at quarterback, it's this year. Cause if you win nine games, you're probably in the hunt for the division and you're definitely going to make the playoffs in the NFC. So you could kind of take the whole regular season as like a learning period for Trey and Brock. Cause both are young. You're going to be able to survive that, especially with that defense in the weaker NFC. Yeah. When do you think he'll just, you know, is it, has he said it's Brock and Brock only, or is he just being weird as usual? I haven't checked in on this. What do you think? If you had to guess, if I had to guess, he's just going you know, to, that's what I don't get because weird as usual, Again, talking about just the humanity of it. It's not, it wasn't good for Jimmy. Like I always want to be like, oh, the competition, like it only works if you're built a certain way. So if you're Tom Brady and you bring in Garoppolo, Brady's like, oh, game on. And then he had a crazy psychotic MVP or went off. Like, that's Tom Brady. That's Tom Brady with this, you know, Southern Illinois kid, not, not in this place, but that doesn't always work. And there's a lot, you know, like the, the, the not knowing your role, the not, and even for the guys in the locker room, I ask George Kittle, I go, how do you, manage that because you want to be close with the starting quarterback and a lot of wide receivers have told me yeah you go and try to be buddy buddy like Nate Burleson always tell me like he'd go over to Dan Orlovsky and be like yeah because he might get you know like Stafford could go down he gets the start and he like wants to have chemistry and a friendship with him but how do you manage that when you don't you want to be solely focused on someone in the like if you're Kittle and you're working out and you're want you're doing tight end academy and you've got this you know Nashville house with this um, whole thing in your backyard this whole football field and like all this going on or you're Christian McCaffrey or like any of these guys what are you just splitting time running routes with both on the beach like are you are you going in like practicing like it, it's it 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 sort of um just like dissipates everything instead of a clear narrow focus and that's what i think that matters because these guys i'm telling you these these guys are i see them in la i run into they're just gains they're just trying to get better any edge any treatment anything that they can do any they're working out they're doing everything that they can they're all meeting up they're all going on trips together so what do you do bring both of them bring like what you know what i'm saying like that, that I've, I've never really thought about that but it's crazy I think that's why uh, Stats and I are both on the Lance train here because Purdy's not going to be able to do that this year, right? This offseason, yeah. it's kind of a wasted offseason yeah. because even if he can technically throw a ball in three months, can he like a full-size ball and can he actually do it to full strength? And uh, what does pass a ball mean? Does it mean five yards? Does it mean 10? Like, can he actually work out? So he he doesn't have this offseason, which is the most important offseason yeah. from your first year to the second year to develop and to work with your guys. This is L- L- Lance's chance to be that leader, 
to take those trips, do those workouts. And like, that's, it's really their only option right now, unless Darnold wants to take over and do that. So that's why also, I feel like this has to be Lance's team for this off season. You guys, the numbers that per, or we forget, you're talking about the NFC championship game. So now I'm going back in my, in my Rolodex here to this, when brought that streak that he had, what do you attribute that to? How do you sit in the room? So you're John Lynch and your quarterbacks coach, and then you got Jed York and you've got all those guys and you're like, yeah, we're going to go with Trey Lance. Why? Because we spent a high draft pick on him because he's like healthier right now because like Trey Lance has the most work to do in that regard to get those guys on board, because I'm telling you, those players are for Brock Purdy. And granted, they would they would go to battle for Trey Lance if it's the guy. But I'm not hearing as many of of those things. I'm not talking about anybody specifically or the kid. I don't even ask Kittle about them. I ask Kittle how he manages both. And he's like, it's a job like you just you you go out there and and you do it. Uh, And I'm sure they all do it really well. Uh, How do you sit in that room? while you're drinking, you're like nine Red Bulls and say, yeah, Brock Purdy, these numbers were great. And he's out there breaking records and winning games and putting up crazy numbers and got, you know, he's a leader. He's got poise. He's got all this, but we're going to go with Trey Lance. Like it doesn't, it, it doesn't make sense in that room. I agree that if Brock was healthy, they would yeah. have to go with Brock. Because but you don't know if he's not going to be healthy. You don't, the stats like, that's like a, you don't, what do you know about that? Like, Here's what I know. I know he had, he had to wait 40 days between when he got hurt to have the surgery because the swelling was going to go down and he's not supposed to be ready to go at the earliest six months from when he had the surgery. He had the surgery on March 10th, six weeks or six months from March 10th is September 10th, the first week of the season. So he's definitely not going to be ready to go week one. And so Trey's going to have to, so they, they kind of have a little, it's almost like a built-in excuse, right? Like, well, Brock is still coming back. So Trey's going to have at least one start. And I just, if I'm Kyle, what I would say to them is one, I got to do what's best for the team Two, I think Trey can do everything that Brock did and more. That would be how I would sell it to them. Cause I think that he can, I think that most of Brock's plays were a result of Kyle dialing it up, getting guys wide ass open. And I think he can do that for Trey too. But I mean, Shanahan can build a game plan for both. He's shown it. And I don't know, maybe it's like, that's why he does it. Cause he wants to flex and show that he can open it up for both guys. Uh, but I don't know. Is there a world where Kyle puts me out of my misery and trades one of them? Not this year. Cause Trey would be more expensive to trade than he is to keep this year. And Brock makes no money whatsoever. And you're going to have a hard time trading him coming off of the injury. So I doubt that happens, but you're right. Like we all would like just this quarterback uncertainty to be over. I mean, Michelle and I, Michelle, has there been a show where we haven't talked about the quarterbacks? No, I'm so excited that Jimmy Garoppolo is finally gone. So we don't have to talk about him. Oh my gosh, I love Jimmy. You, this, <laughs> this is why you two get along because you hate Kyle Shanahan and you love and you hate Jimmy Garoppolo. And now it's, I'm not even about, it's not even about hating Jimmy, just the, the everything around it. Just having to talk about him. Is he staying? Is he going? Is he, and he always ends up being a starter. Also the smile he had on his face after Trey Lance got hurt. It's up there. Another thing I need to talk about in therapy. I clearly, think he, I, don't, I think he's so. I think he's so like not not uh, 
present in that. I, I don't think he's like, uh, he thinks he does not consider those things when they happen. I'll say that because just even when he was a lot younger, when I was covering the Patriots in New England, but that's just like his, that's his factory setting. Like he, he is <laughs> meaning like his defaults, like his resting smile face is like handsome, charming Jimmy Garoppolo, like no matter what's going on. So if you could, if you could, Michelle, let go of the NFC championship, <laughs> get the name Josh Johnson out of your head. And then, uh, and you're 11 and 10 guys, blah, blah, blah. just let's, let's, let's move on to this year. I think positive vibes are going to be a huge part of it. Niners nation. <laughs> Can I just say, we don't know for sure that Jimmy's gone yet. He was supposed to have his press oh conference gosh. yesterday. It's been delayed <laughs> and I'm hearing rumors that maybe he failed a physical. I don't know. Are you I know, kidding? I know he hasn't signed, at least as of yesterday afternoon, Mike Florio reported that he hadn't signed the deal, that it wasn't official yet. So all I'm saying is, look, it's the Raiders number one. It's Jimmy G number two. And it would be so on point for the 49ers to all of a sudden wind up with Jimmy Garoppolo again. In August, though, it wouldn't yeah, happen right. now. It would like be helpful whatsoever. It'll happen like August 7th. And you're like, wait, there's four guys playing for this. I'm not seeing that. I did not know that was going on. And, and again, it may all be resolved at some point this afternoon. But uh, yeah. so... Michelle, get ready for an instant reaction podcast. Jimmy Garoppolo is not a Raider after all. If we had to talk about him on one more show, <laughs> I'm done. I'm quitting. I know them bringing in Darnold means it's Purdy, right? Isn't that a fair assumption, Rob? I think it means uh, Purdy starting on the pup list. Mm. And they needed they needed a second quarterback. There was a report that the Niners offered the Jets a first rounder for Sam Darnold back before he ended up getting traded to the Panthers. I think Kyle really, really likes him. And I think he liked him coming out of USC. And you talk about that emotional scarring with Kyle. Like, I really think Kyle thinks that if, if these quarterbacks don't get hurt last year, they win the Super Bowl or at least get to the Super Bowl. Don't so you? I think oh, Philly, Maybe not. Was, Philly was really good. I would have really liked to get a chance to watch that damn game. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, you, guys, you guys need a, need a corner. Yes. What's going on there? Uh, they I'm signed, getting high information because who's that? Is it a free agency thing or is it one of these 11 picks? So they signed Isaiah Oliver from the Falcons. He's probably going to be their slot corner. So they'll have Mooney Ward on one side. They'll have Diamondor Lenore on the others on the outside. And then probably Isaiah Oliver, but they do have 11 picks and they don't have 11 roster spots available on the team. So they're going to move some of those picks. I think I wouldn't be shocked if they moved up into maybe day two to try and take somebody either moving some of the picks this year and maybe some of next year's picks. Michelle's got me all hyped up on Sam Laporta from Iowa, the tight end. So now I'm like, let's go. Let's get Sam Laporta. He's like my draft crush. Well, everyone in, in the, the night, I mean, the Niners got what they want in free agency with, with helping up the D line and if, doing anything that they could to make it like a complete misery fest for Stafford and company <laughs> in that division and everywhere. And now you have to, I mean, I would imagine offensive line. I would imagine corner. Is something and all of Niners. Oh yeah. All of Niners fans want, want that tight end. They want that number two tight end. And Laporta, you said Michelle had too good of a combine to last to where the 49ers are picking now. So if they want him, you think they're going to have to move up? Oh, for sure. I already thought it was uh, a reach for him to last to the late third. And then the combine happened. He's going to go in the second round. What did he do at the combine? Just insane. Yeah. It, no, it just, he had a really great workout and made some nice plays on the field. Four, but five, nine second for uh four, five. He ran a four, five, nine. Okay. He's an Iowa product too. Yeah. So, you know, they're just going to talk themselves into that. He's, I think he'll be a second rounder. I was hoping he'd fall to the third. 
but after after the combine, he's not going to four or five he's the nine. most complete guy. Now I'm just trying to think like you get to the Super Bowl, you get out of this water down the NFC, and then you're taking on the Jets if and Aaron Rodgers if they take off, or you're taking, you know, you're taking good. Yeah. Bring okay. that on. Aaron Rodgers can't beat the 49ers in the playoffs. He's never done it. He had a home game in Green Bay in the snow and he scored yeah. one touchdown. What a game. Can we focus on that game? What a great thing that was. <laughs> that was one of my that was my favorite game watching as a 49ers fan. <laughs> I could not. I remember I was watching that in a hotel room in Baltimore because I was doing something for some I forget. And I was just, I could not believe what I was seeing. I could not believe what I was seeing. Yeah, he's got, yeah. I think we all know that Aaron Rodgers has some things to work out. Yeah, he does. Go back I could not root for Aaron Rodgers. I couldn't. I don't, I don't. Really? Think no. I'm, I'm officially a Steelers fan. Like that's my number one team. Stats got me on this podcast a couple of years ago. Now, you know, he's got me on this 49ers love. Niners are fun. Love fest. Yeah, they're, they're a lot of fun. So now like I even had tears in my eyes when they lost the, the championship this year. I'm like, what did you, what did you do to me? Stats. But if Aaron Rodgers came, I don't I don't think I could root for him. I, I don't like that man. I would say if he won the Super Bowl, I don't like that man. If he won the Super Bowl with the Jets, I would I would I think it would be great. I would It'd love be, it. What a story. Like if he takes that them would be a story. if he's the MVP again, what a what a ridiculous disappointment. I just don't understand. Like we're we're fed. I wanna win. A Super Bowl, and like he says it, then he says this MVP thing that Gronk's like, "Don't talk about winning MVPs. Talk about winning Super Bowls." Like Tom Brady did, and it's this huge hoopla in the news media, in the national media for like 24 hours. And then I'm like, "Okay, so you really want to let us everybody know that you're a Super Bowl guy? You want that? You want a team win? Do the Jets give him a better opportunity at that than the Packers? I don't get the argument other than on paper, top five defense." like gauntlet that he's going to in his own division to get out of. You look at Brady, he changed, went to the, to the NFC where he's like, Oh, okay. Chris Collinsworth told me, he goes, I don't know what Aaron's doing. Go down to Atlanta, go down to Carolina, go go in the South and do what Brady did. Uh, I don't think it's like a winning mentality. I'm sure Rogers thinks about it differently, but when he says that he was 90% close to retiring, I think he was. Then just leave dude. Like (laughs) get out of here. Like, so you, now you're going to come back to spite the Packers. Like, just like Brett, he has morphed into Brett Favre. It's, it's crazy. He was the guy sitting around. Am I going to retire? Am I not going to retire? Wishy-washy eventually ticked the Packers off to the point where they finally told him, we don't want you anymore. And now he's literally going to the Jets, the same team Brett Favre went to after the Packers. If he ends up playing for the Jets for a year and then going to the Vikings the year after that, when, by the way, Kirk Cousins will be a free agent, that'll just make the transformation complete. But if you're Aaron Rodgers and you, you know, th- those weren't all moves. That wasn't his wish list of moves, right? His was, let's see what happens here. Niners, can we get a deal done? No- and like you're saying, nothing could get done. That's That I think would be a completely valid dream wishes mm-hmm. that that's the way that it could have gone. So then he's faced with like, wow, like there's none of these guys can take on my contract. None of these teams what, what does this look like? And the Jets then come after him. And I'm sure he's like, that's not the move because they, are they going to win the Super Bowl? Are they built that way? Like chemistry or is it, is it a similar situation to what Brady potentially had, which I'm sure he's looking at. And then he's like, well, maybe I should just retire that. Maybe I should just, but if he retires, 
is, and he's playing at this high level. I don't think he wants that either, but also then in five years, you're in Canton at the hall of fame and you're the second fiddle to Tom Brady. And that's not fun either. I would consider that if I was, if I was Aaron, I would, I deserve my own show. I'm going to, I, I would play for the Jets for the year, even if they were bad, just to not be in the same hall of fame class and deal with that with Tom Brady. That's just, you know, my own arrogance. <laughs> I'm sure he's thought about it. I bet he was. I bet you he's uh, for sure. That guy is so freaking. Oh, okay. Well, it's that and sixty million dollars, right? So, but then if the Jets, so if the Jets come get Jets come calling, and you know Aaron Rodgers likes to be chased, and for three years for whatever reason, like I don't think we can take the blame off the Packers with how they handle things with him. Like they're Mm -hmm. they 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 aren't you know known for being the best at dealing with players. There's blame all around here, and he's you know he's super. You know, it, it, everyone says, you know, we give LaFleur a lot of credit. What is LaFleur the guy to like get really get to him? We don't know. We don't know if that even exists. Maybe it is Sala and Sala's friends with LaFleur. So I'm sure there's lots of like, good luck, buddy, going on <laughs> with that situation. But the Jets travel to see him. And then I'm sure he's like, I don't know. I don't know. I might retire. And then they say, let me send you some caviar and some roses. <laughs> and, and, they're and Alan Lazard. They're courting him in a way that the Packers didn't over three years that he's so starved for that them even bringing in them bringing in Lazard is like, wow, I'm really going to get what I want here. And everyone wants to say that he shouldn't dictate things. Shouldn't he? A little bit. He should. I defend him. I am the most excited for him to go there for Garrett Wilson. I'm a fantasy. I know you like fantasy a lot. I I love playing fantasy. I love Garrett Wilson. So like I'm all in on this just for the Garrett Wilson aspect, but like stop bringing in your wide receivers. Cause I want like, I, you know, I still have a little bit of faith in Elijah Moore can still turn into something like Randall Cobb there. No, I, uh, I was texting James Jones and I was like, don't you dare, like, don't answer the phone. Don't like, and, or, or who like Jordy Nelson. I was joking with a, a guy that works the New York post, this guy, Brian Costello, he's incredible about, you know, he's like the media is going to eat him alive. And I go, no, part of his wish list is that you all have to enter uh, and you get saged with Palo Salto before you go in. And he's making you guys keep a five minute journal every day. And everyone's going to be, there's a sound bath every day before the media session uh, breaks out because he's just going to get what he wants, whatever he wants up there. It's just true. That's been the issue. Uh, I'm, I'm done talking about Aaron Rodgers. He makes me so crazy. I want to hear about the Oscars, Kay. You were at the Oscars. Yeah. Like, what is it like going to the Oscars? It is really special. And I'm, I'm very blessed to have gone to some pretty cool events, but this one was larger than life. And it's one of those things where like you see it in Technicolor. It's like watching the Wizard of Oz where you, you get there and like, yes, everything's so gold and so red and so sparkly and pristine and perfect. Uh, and it's a really special night because everyone in the auditorium sits with, and it's, it's just like a normal, like you're going to a big movie theater and everybody sits with their group for the movie. And so, so the people who are nominated, like the actresses or the actors, they're in the first two rows uh, or the big directors or whatever. And then the, the, but everybody's invited to the Oscars that works on anything that's nominated uh, or a major category at least. And so when, you know, somebody wins, when Brendan Fraser wins this, you know, this huge crowd erupts in the bag, you don't see it on TV. And they're so emotional. And these are the people who sweat over this movie. These are the producers and like the cinematography team and the design teams and all the, and so I sort of sat more towards the 
back where I got to watch that unfold and all those pockets of, of people just get up when, you know, as somebody won one of their awards. So it was super special. Uh, everyone was so beautiful. I met like Halle Berry and Selma Hayek and like all these like insane people. It was so intense. And then I was looking for Julia Louis-Dreyfus because it's the only person I wanted to meet. And I was, I would like melt if I met her, but I could not find her. And then I went to something called the Vanity Fair party after, and it was insane because it was every powerful, influential, beautiful person in one room looking better than they do all year. So it was very intense and very like, there's Jeff Bezos. And I was very intimidated. So I'm there and I just saw, and I look over and Travis Kelsey is eating an In-N-Out burger over there. And I'm like, zoom. And I ran over to Kelsey and made him talk to me. And then on my way out of the party uh, at the valet stand, I turn and, you know, it's, it's two, three in the morning, Robert Kraft standing there. Nice. Sitting there just like going home. And I'm like, you're an animal. I love you. It's great. So it's great. You live a wild life. No, I I, I really do. Right. Kate, you were in that room with all those beautiful people. Like other people are like, Kay Adams was there. Yeah. Nobody, nobody was like, I felt I've never, you know how they say people in Hollywood are like smaller, yes. like shorter. That mm-hmm. was not the case. I was like, oh my God. everyone's everyone's towering over me. I just could, because it's a lot of models, a lot of models and they travel in packs and herds. And I'm just getting like shuffled around by them. It was, uh, it was quite an experience. One that I'm, I'm I'm glad I saw conquered and I don't think I'll be back. To make you feel better, if I was at the Oscars and I knew you were there, my only focus would be where's Kay Adams? <laughs> I want to meet Kay Adams. I wouldn't care about anybody else. So that's so There's nice that. and unhinged. You really have a lot to work through, Michelle. That's what we- <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Thank you for that drop. That's gonna live forever. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, Staff, I miss Staff and his drops. That's oh, really lethal. You can't yeah. say anything or you'll use it against you in the quarter oh, podcast. Yeah, yeah. Anytime I say the word balls, <laughs> <laughs> okay. it's like a child. It's not my fault you say it a lot. <laughs> we are talking about football. So that's, that's true. Amazing. I love that. Before we let you go, Kay, I want to tell I want to tell one story. I don't know if you remember this. So Kay and I worked together at NBC. Uh, in Stanford, Connecticut, which was a train ride away from New York. And you would work and do the shows. I thought you were going to say train wreck. I was like, wow, Stan. No, no, no. We would we would do the shows. And then afterwards, you would get on the train and go back to New York. And I would drive you and Eric Casillas, who we used to work with. I would drop you at the train station. And then Eric and I would go home because we lived in the same town. And like it was like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night. And I was driving. And I will be honest. I did not exactly observe all the rules of the road. And one night we got pulled over. Do you remember this? Uh, I remember getting, I remember all of those rides because I could not believe that after such a long day of work and talking on the radio, Eric could still talk so much. (laughs) And it's so much to say after, you know, I I was like, I was inspired by that crazy energy that he had. I remember we got pulled over and then what happened? So we're getting pulled over and I'm like, oh no, here we go. Of course, I'm driving. Cop comes to the window, license registration. You were going so fast, which for the record, I definitely was. And he's about to give me a ticket. Like it is clear. And all of a sudden this sketchy hobo appears like out of nowhere. And we all kind of look in the rear view and we're like, what's going on with that guy? And I could see the cop is checking, constantly looking at this guy. And I don't know what the guy was doing, but he distracted the cop enough. So he like threw the license back at me. and was like, slow down and left to go deal with the crazy hobo. And I didn't get a ticket. 
I don't know if you can use that. I was okay. I don't know. I don't know that part of the story. I remember Eric, who's a lawyer, quickly being like and trying to work on it for you. And that was not, I remember very much it not working. We were, I was getting a ticket. It was, it was going to happen. And for some reason, the cop was distracted by this guy. And so we didn't get one. And I got out of there as fast as possible. We dropped you off and we went home. I miss some of those nights sometimes. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know that I ever properly thanked you for all of those rides. You were so oh, kind. Please. There wasn't a shuttle that ran at that late at night. And it was always like 10, between 10 and 11 or 11 and 12. And it was an everyday thing that you guys would like. And then you guys would wait and make sure it got in. And it was very, uh, very chivalrous and very sweet and very respectful of you guys. And then I also remember, do you remember a time that there was a snowstorm that we all stayed, stayed in a hotel? So it was snowing, Michelle, and it was there was no hotels left. And so we're like, we can't, I lived an hour away. I don't think the trains were running. And so we had to find a place to stay. And the only place we found was this like bed and breakfast. <laughs> like, like honeymoon, sweet bed and breakfast. <laughs> and there were like five of us. Now I don't have, by the way, I'm like stealing popcorn from NBC to eat at night. Cause I don't, I don't have any money. Like I've got nothing. I'm sleeping on people's couches. I barely have an apartment in the city. And I'm thinking to myself, like, how do I get a hotel? How do I, I don't, in my head, I'm like, they're going to get me a hotel. This is insane. We went to target first, right? Stats. Yep. We went to target and we all bought pajamas. I re- I still Eric have those. Did. Eric bought everything. Cause I remember being like, I can't afford, like, I'm not just like buying burner pajamas for no reason. I'm not spending a hundred dollars at this target. He bought all of this. stuff. It was basically one of those things where supermarket sweep, he, there, he was like, go buy whatever you want. And we brought it to the, there's like Cheez-Its and Funyuns and like all sorts of stuff. Uh, and then I don't even remember. We like went to this bed and breakfast and it was very weird. So we get to the bed and breakfast and they will only let two people stay in the room. And there was four of us. It was me, you, Eric, and the coordinating producer, Matt Casey. And we're like, there's nowhere else to go. It wasn't like we can find another room. And so Eric's like, we're going to sneak everybody into the room. And I'm like, oh God, here we, I'm such a wimp when it comes to that stuff. So I was like, look, I don't care what you guys do. You're putting me on the reservation and you're putting K on the reservation. And if you guys try and sneak into the room and you get caught, like, I don't care what happens to you. I'm staying in this room. And so we put our names on the reservation and I don't know how he did it. I don't know what Eric like. It's Eric. Did, Eric, yeah. But we all ended up in the room. And so we we ended up in the room. And Michelle, think- can you imagine? Can you imagine <laughs> that my and I'm like, what is I'm I'm new to the game. I'm like, I'm just in this hotel room with these three men. What is happening here? Did but you get the bed and everyone else had to sleep on I the don't, floor? Like what Stats happened? You probably remember better than me. I don't remember. Yeah, Kay was in the bed. I was on the floor. I don't know where Eric and Matt slept. I think. <laughs> At least one other person was on the floor. It was like a king size bed. So at was- one point, I know somebody went. This is before Postmates or anything like that. Somebody went down to the kitchen. Matt, some we went down to the kitchen trying, <laughs> at this bed and breakfast. I think it might have been Matt Casey and I trying to find something to eat, and there, there was nothing. Or like there was food prep for the next day. It was it was one of those things where you remembered and you're like, "There's no way that could have. There's no way. There's no way." It happened. We watch we watch Bad Teacher on a laptop. As I you guys had to go to work the next day? Yes, we watched Bad Teacher. I woke up. I was mortified <laughs> because I was like waking up in this like a uh, youth hostel <laughs> in Croatia with these random people. And I, I remember I could not get out of there quick enough. And I had them drop me off at the mall. And yes. I went to H&M and I was so annoyed that I had to buy clothes for work from H&M. 
which I should probably, if I was smart, would have expensed, or I would have been like, I'm not working today. I'm going home, <laughs> but I didn't do that. That was, yeah. a, that was the, those were the craziest stories of my sports history that that was, that that's a thing that would happen. That is a real thing. I spent the night with Kay Adams. That's how I'm going <laughs> to. And I love that. Yeah, that's true. Well, thank you so much, Kay, for giving us so much of your time. We really appreciate it. At Hey Kay Adams on Twitter, you could see her, of course, on Up and Adams. You are, you're everywhere. You're at the Oscars, you're on Up and Adams. There's no place where Kay Adams is not, especially where football is being discussed. So thank you so much. Well, I'm happy to be here. That's where I am. And you guys are kicking butt. And uh, I feel bad that I didn't share, you know, you guys gave me way more information than I gave you, but it was fun to listen to that and absorb that. And Michelle, it's really lovely to meet you. And Michelle, you got to come on the show. You guys should both come on at the same time i would there be so go. down it was okay. so nice to meet you nice to meet you guys bye good luck do something with those draft picks Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> thanks again to Kay adams for all the time how are you feeling michelle was that uh, everything you thought it was going to be it was amazing i she's fantastic she's exactly who i thought she was going to be loved it great show dream come true there you go. See, when you speak of me, speak well. I, I wanted to get that done. And uh, I apologize that it took this long, but she is very cool and very gracious. And uh, it's interesting, you know, she talks to everybody in the league and she was pretty adamant that the locker room is Brock's locker room. It is. I mean, we we know that, right? It just comes down to the injury. like, And we're not going to know anything further for a very long time. So, of course... We're going to be talking about this all summer long. What's new with the 49ers? Well, hopefully the good news, I've, I've liked what they've done in free agency. The Javon Hargrave signing is massive. He's massive. just going to shove people around. He's going to make life so much easier for Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead. It's going to be so much closer to the defense we saw in 2019, except I think the secondary has a chance to be better than that secondary. So they could be at a whole new level this year. That's what they were missing last year was another guy next to Nick Bosa. They didn't have that, right? Like the second most sacks was uh, Samson Ibukam, like with five sacks. Can't have it. It was five sacks. Like that's not enough. I think bringing in Hargrave is a huge, huge signing. He's his quarterback pressure rate is top four along with Nick Bosa's over the last two seasons. So those two on the line is it's just going to be so much fun to watch. I think it was a huge signing. It is a lot of money, but like, like you and Levin were talking about on yesterday's podcast, they set it up nicely. They set up the contract nicely where it is a team friendly contract. So that was my favorite signing. And I do think that Isaiah Oliver signing at cor- uh, corner there, that's a really nice signing as well. It's all potential, right? It's like, you don't really know what he can be. And of course, he's coming off an ACL in 2021. Why would he not be? He's a 49ers now. So of course, <laughs> he have a serious injury in his uh, past. But Raheem Morris had a nickname for Isaiah Oliver. It was called The Blanket. It's because, Ooh. well, he said it's because he always is wrapped around people. So I, I do think he can be very good. They needed to upgrade at the slot there i think this is a really nice cheap signing we'll see how it goes obviously but uh i actually i really like that one you have been betting on the slot receiver for 49ers opponents for an entire year because they had so many problems in that area so hopefully they shore that up before we go michelle we got to talk about our bracket the 49ers media member madness bracket 
We have put a bunch of media members into the pool and they are du- duking it out right now. As we speak, the first round is going to end later today and it's you and Levin in round one. And yes, I did that on purpose and it's close right now. It's less than a hundred votes between you. How are you feeling? I have to beat Levin guys, please. <laughs> <laughs> please don't let me lose. I like, I don't even like, I am very gracious, right? Actually, I'm very competitive. But at the same time, if I were to lose to someone, it's like, yeah, okay, I get it. Like, I, like there's some really great content creators out there. And yes, I believe Levin is one of those great ones, but I can't lose to him. Like, I cannot lose to Levin, please. I, I wrote on Twitter, like, Mimosa Michelle is so much more fun than Wet Blanket Levin. Do the right thing. Vote for me, please. You can find the link uh, at our Twitter handle at GS Podcast. Do you know who you face if you do beat Levin? Yeah, you. you face- that will be an easy win. <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that because that's what I told Levin on Thursday. I said, if Michelle wins, I'm getting cooked in that round. So No, I'm I, just kidding. People love you as they yeah, should. I don't as know about they that. Should. They love to hate me also. So we'll see. But anyway, please go and vote. And again, I, I did leave some people off and I apologize to that. It was not my intention at all. I didn't mean any disrespect towards anybody. I did a, I did not do as good of a job as I should have with the bracket. It'll be bigger next year, I promise you. Uh, so please forgive me for that first year. You know, I was a rookie. I'll get better from year one to year two. So I apologize to anybody, but please go and vote uh, so we can determine the people's champ of uh, 49ers coverage. So please and thank you there. Like and subscribe to the YouTube page and please leave us a review on the podcast feed. Things are happening with that. So just stick with us. Don't unsubscribe to the Niners Nation podcast feed. I know it looks a little weird right now. Just stick with us and uh, we'll have some news on that very, very shortly. Michelle, I hope you have a fantastic weekend. I will. Bye, y'all. 